Welcome to Branched Out. Uh, I am Clayton. This is Zach. Uh, we are going to start the same way that we start every episode. We're going to do a drink. We had poured it previously because apparently we take too long. Yep, we do. Uh, uh, with pouring the drinks. So they're already poured. We are drinking. Uh, Zach, if you want to show them and tell them what it is because you have the drink right now. So today we are drinking Bayou Satsuma. It's an orange rum liquor. Uh, it's made by the same company that made Gator Bite from our first episode. Uh, if it doesn't work out very well, we're going to go back to the Gator Bite, which I have in the fridge. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so I kind of just want to start off with some like weird ass facts that we like know. Do you know any like weird ass facts? No? I'll let you start. Okay. Well, I just thought it was interesting. I saw it on TikTok earlier today. Did you know that the Falcon Punch is a real thing? Oh, the fucking, where dude, the falcon dies dude, because so, it doesn't have good enough claws. And so it's like, bah, dude, 240 miles an hour die. That's insane. And just like holds his fist back. And then when he comes down, he swings. So I just thought it was super interesting That's that a falcon punch is actually like amazing. a legitimate thing. Um, I also know the most random fact in the world that a pig's gestation period is three months, three weeks, and three days. And that's the only thing that I learned from the Alcatraz tour. Why is that in the Alcatraz so, tour? So That's when fucking we did random. A, when we did a tour, they did a tour of the library. And you do like these headset audio things. And it's prisoners telling you about the prison. Oh, my God. Well, this guy was talking about like, uh, oh, you can learn a lot of things in the library. One of the interesting facts that I learned was that a pig's gestation period was three months, three weeks, and three days. And I was like 12 years old when I did that. And for some that. reason... That was the one thing that Brilliant. stuck. Brilliant. Dude, I tasted this. Is it? Quite lovely. Is it? Quite lovely. Lovely. Ooh, I think it's funny that I've been like making jokes about fruity drinks and then I bring Yep, you bring a, a fruity a drink. drink. It's not I don't know. It's a little strong. It's not as good as Gator Bite. I don't think anything's ever gonna be as good as Gator Bite. Gator Bite. I have been ruined for all alcohol at this point. <laughs> You're welcome. However, um I don't actually know a fact. I mean, to be fair, I don't really, I don't really like learn a lot of facts or retain them. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you a little tip of what my favorite word in the alphabet is. Your favorite word in my the favorite al- word in the alphabet or the, in the dictionary. Sorry. Okay. No. Ooh, elemental P. See, this is why I don't know facts because I'm dumb. All right. Favorite word in the dictionary is poop. You're joking. Do you want to know why? Why, bro? Because. When you say the word poop, it makes your mouth makes the same motion that your butthole makes when you poop. <laughs> say it out, say it out, and say it slowly. I no, I don't. <laughs> poop. <laughs> you need fucking help, man, bro. That's hilarious. Tell me it's not. Oh my god. I guess, dude. You know how people like hate the word moist? Yes. Do you hate the word moist? No, I say it all the time. Dude, I know a combination of two words that is way worse than the moistness of the word moist. I hope somebody on this listening to this really hates that word because they're about to really fucking hate it. Let's you. hear it. Moist crevices. Oh. That's just a nasty I mean, word overall. It, the word moist already alludes kind of to one thing. But then like, you add crevices? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's what, weird. What are we talking about? Like, um, like an armpit or... <laughs> Of course. Jelly rolls. Yeah. Armpit. Other areas. <laughs> like, what other area 
areas? What other areas are Shut crevices that are moist? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to talk about some weird fucking crap in the beginning. However. Another word that's weird? Ointment. Why? Do you just like go through the dictionary and be like, this is a weird word. I know words. I don't know facts. <laughs> playing bananagrams too much, darn. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I kind of want to talk about this because it's happening this it's week. It's relevant. It's relevant. Ooh. Uh, the Olympics. The Olympics. Dude. I don't understand the fucking concept of running in the Olympics. Why? Have you ever seen the end of a race when they run? No. Majority like the I mean, men. Yes, but. Dude, when you watch the men, they do not look like they're enjoying it at all, dude. They finish and then they drop to the floor and die. Oh, yeah, with like the triathlons and Dude, shit. it does not, I don't understand the concept. It doesn't look fun. Like we have to run because like we have to make sure that we're fit for duty. It's but, like to run. compete to prove who is the the most impressive athlete. Well, you can't even do that anymore. Cause um, I can't even remember the Sh- one, the, the- Shikari Richardson? No. Is it the, the gymnastics? Oh no, the that's- um, I don't know her name, I'm but she, her name right but now. she like had, um, respectfully, she had like a kind of a mental breakdown thing. Yeah. And, yeah, she, had and uh, she, she stopped, but wasn't she the gymnast that was like so good? She's so good that they tried to like that limit they had her. to mitigate how well she could do. So it's were, not even about who's the best because yeah, if it was right. for the best, it'd be like go well, gymnast with, your heart out. Like <laughs> with gymnastics, they judge you right and they score you based on your. Okay, so there is obviously some uh, not favoritism, but whatever the judges are gonna want to justify it as, I don't. I don't believe in it. I don't give a fuck. But with running, it's purely based on who has the best time. Okay. I mean, yeah. if a guy runs... Whoever's first. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know what I want in the Olympics, though? I want them to pick an average person <laughs> for Just each of them. Just throw me or Just you in there. And like, <laughs> it's not going to be the good. Average no. person. It's going to be like, they're going to do like a triathlon. Everyone's going to be way done and I'm just going to be in the back like. And today. <laughs> that was a genuine cough right there, dude. <laughs> I to get that out. And today, Cheryl is going to be pole vaulting. <laughs> Throwing some like hammer throws or some like. Yeah, let's wolf, watch this. Dude. Let's watch Jerry fucking. Uh, do this hammer throw or uh, or a shot put. Well, okay. he's gonna throw this. He's gonna shot put this. Oh, he's throwing it four meters. Here's well, what they, the top com- <laughs> the top competitors are averaging around sixteen. So they have the Olympics, right? They've got the Paralympics. What they need is the workman's Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and if you got a job, man, you're in. But the thing is, how do you pick who comes in there? Like, it's got to be like a non-athletic job. No, I get that. I get that. But do you pick randomly or are you, you, having, you having average people compete? Because in, in the end, if you have average people compete, you're still getting the best average person. We need the average person. You just need one average person and throw them in with like champions. So every, here's how I would do it. Everybody puts their name in a hat, right? <laughs> and they just like the Hunger Games, but the Olympics. But the, you know, I actually saw another thing where somebody was like, I think we should just pick 
random people for we should have a version of the olympics just like that where we pick random people you get a letter in the mail like like a court summons and you have to show up for these could you imagine like arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) gets picked and then like little timmy who's like just turned 18 yeah yeah. he's like done nothing but play video games let's go (laughs) dude knowing my luck i'd get picked for it i've i've had court summons three different times are you serious and all three times i've not i've never been the first time was right before i was enlisting and it was like some can you get a court summons when you're enlisted or no uh you can okay but if mission, you don't want dirty, dirty. If mission dirty. dictates, dirty duty. Basically, if if you can't do it, then then okay. because of the military, if you have a good excuse like the military, uh, then you don't have to. So Bro, I just, you imagine some the second time was right before I was moving to Guam, so I obviously wasn't going to be able to do it in so, Oklahoma. Bro, some regular dude doing like gymnastics, or he's dying, bro. Dude, that would be just imagine against like the girl that's like exceptional, like <laughs> no, yeah. Imagine watching random ass Samantha doing cartwheels as part of the floor routine. Could while, you imagine like 45? Simone, Simone Biles, that's her name. While Simone Biles that's is doing here. a double backflip, triple quadruple tw- McTwist. Bro, 45 year old pot smoking, like cigarette smoking yes. Barbara over here. I think, I think having the like, average person to show how much better these are, people are than the normal human would be... <laughs> Would <laughs> just be amazing. But and the, the person in last place would never feel bad because he knows he's average. Yeah. And then the person who's like in the Olympics, he gets last season we're like, well, I actually wasn't last because Jeffrey over here is like 20 miles away. <laughs> That's so true. That's awful, bro. I would not. That'd no, be hilarious. I don't wanna, yeah, until you're the person who gets picked. And you're just getting screwed over. Then it's more of like every year you're competing with the last average guy. I think the average Joe Hunger Hunger Games Olympics would be hilarious. Like you literally just get picked. Just throw prisoners in there. (laughs) The prisoner Olympics? The Hunger Games. (laughs) Damn. Some guy gets hit with like a speeding ticket he hadn't paid off. And they're like, all right, Hunger Games it is. You're dying. Sorry, bud. Survivor gets out of their life sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's only life sentence or death row or death row people. And yeah. you're like, if you win, you're basically saying, look, we know you're a killer, but if you kill all these people, you're free to go. Imagine how how much of like mental turmoil some of these people would go through. Imagine they've been in jail for 20 years. They've kind of change their ways and they're trying to get better. And then they get told to kill people. (laughs) They're like, but I don't want to, I'm not like that anymore. And we're just like, sorry. Sucks to suck. This dude like goes out there and he's like all about Jesus and everything. And the next thing you know, he's like slitting people's throats and wearing them as masks. Like, 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 (laughs) (laughs) like Dwight from the office. Like he pops up behind somebody at ease. And slits them out, bro. Oh god. Done. Alright. Um what do you want to talk about? So I so I actually have something uh we're gonna we're gonna transition to our military oh, stuff. Military. Um I have a shameless plug here. It's gonna sound like an advertisement, so fuck fuck it. Oh a shame okay. I'm do you hate your kidding. time in the military? I hate you so much. Are you commuting 35 minutes to a bullshit job? <laughs> Keep going. Enduring mental and physical <laughs> complications. Because of a shit supervisor, then do I have the thing for you? 
<laughs> I didn't think you were actually going to fucking do it. <laughs> so, so um, all right, what I'm talking about here is there's this thing called the Skill Bridge Program, right? It's DOD-wide. Plug. So if you're in the military, you need to check out this program if you've never heard of it. It's the best kept secret in the military. Uh, basically, with this program, you can leave your military – like you can finish out the last six months of your military contract, whether you're retiring or just separating um, – and you can go and do an internship anywhere. So not, not in the states, in the continental anywhere, United States, yeah. or 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 at your duty and station, has to get approved. or at your duty station. Yeah. You have to get approved by your commander, but you get the last six months of your contract paid by the military to go and I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> to yeah, get, please do. You get paid by the military to go and do an internship somewhere. So I actually just got approved. God damn it! I'm gonna go be an electrician. Well. Uh, Gross. Not even electrician apprentice because I'm on an internship during that period of time, so I can't call it apprenticeship. Um, but I'm going to go, you know, be an electrician assistant, I guess, uh, back home in Indiana. And uh, yeah, I just got approved this week and I am done with the military in October and I'm not supposed to be done until February. So, you know, I only, I'm only doing four months. Uh, it took me a while to get it approved and stuff. But yeah, if you're interested in leaving this amazing Wonderful. wonderful military career Absolutely behind wonderful. everything's so phenomenal i love <laughs> i i am not told what to say this is a verbal statement on my own accounts the military is phenomenal everything about it is a world of wonders <laughs> yeah but if you want to check it out it's a good uh anybody that's military it's a good program you should check it out for sure all right uh um, what is here's here's my question for you okay what are some things that would that leadership could do, supervisors and leadership, that would make your or other junior enlisted lives better or work job like your jobs better? Um, that's a hard one. It is a hard one. Like, I I would say either like Manning, like. There's not enough people for jobs and like qualification wise, like they're adamant about getting qualifications that you're not required to do for your pay grade. A little bit of a personal struggle with that one right now. Um, but I'd say my biggest thing is like, I feel like it's been this like stereotype thing and it's, it's kind of changing a little bit, but I feel like um, junior sailors or sorry, junior enlisted personnel I don't know how it is for the Air Force, but at least junior sailors don't feel like they can like talk to higher enlisted mm. or officers <clears throat> about things. Yep. Um, with Sounds that, right. um, it's actually interesting because I was going to talk to you about this earlier. I actually am trying to start a group in the uh, military and it's specifically for that concept. Um, I want to call it uh, J-Swiss which is essentially junior sailors wanting support. And what it does is like, it creates a group of people that are junior sailors who can say you're moving into an apartment. You can get this group to help you or say you wanna do an event where you just need time to like hang out with people and relieve some stress, you could do that. Or like say you have questions for, for higher enlisted or officers that you don't really feel like you can ask. You can ask the, the people in charge of this group 
and they can go to the chiefs for you and ask rather than you having to feel like you just can't ask anything or, and because nothing will get done if you don't ask those questions. Yes. So, and I know that there are some questions, not necessarily stupid questions, but questions that could be answered by lower enlisted that can get like weaned out before you ask the chiefs or mm-hmm. E or E6 yeah. or E7, sorry. But yeah, that's, that's probably mm-hmm. my You know, I think part of, part of why that's an issue is because um, uh, people that are not enlisted won't, <clears throat> won't understand this concept. In the civilian world, you have a boss, right? And you try to do things right to make sure that the boss likes you. In the military, you are taught from the moment you get in to fear and respect leadership blindly. Like re- mostly respect, but, yeah. but to, to treat them as if they are so much better because they're a 32-year-old that got a degree. Bro, there's a dude who's lower rank than me and he's 30 years old in my shop. Yep. <clears throat> I know. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Typically, it's somebody that might have been in for 10 years and they have a degree. and Or officers. Officers like, in general. Officer, I don't, mm-hmm. The officer, that's a fun one. But as far as even enlisted leadership, I mean, we're taught to like blindly respect and follow anybody that's E6, E5 or higher. Uh, and I, I don't believe in that, uh, at least after, you know, however many years, four, four and a half years of being in the military, it's, it's insane. But um, if they made it like not just more accessible, because I've met plenty of leaders who are like, yeah, my door is always open. But how much of that is true? Though? They might mean it and they yeah. might mean it. That's the Some same. do. Yeah. Some really mean I'm it. I'm sure some of them mean it. Yeah. But if we don't change the culture from the get go where we expect people to just, you know, after basic, like come to their base and then like hear that from a leader and, and just expect that they shouldn't fear or respect that leader. Like, I don't know. I, I think kind of changing the culture a little bit to where we could, you know, feel comfortable talking to people like that would be, would go a long ways, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So, well, I'm like, so like my command right now, and I'm not trying to be a kiss ass, but like my command right now that, that we have gotten, we've gotten a bunch of uh, new E sevens. We have a new divisional officer. And from what I don't know, because they haven't really been here that long, but from what I've seen, they're like fairly adamant about it. Um, we literally just got a new production officer and me, um, our, our, our main chief, our production officer, our divisional officer, and another chief, just me and them were in this, in this hallway. And we were literally just like talking about life. And they're like, trust me, if you ever need someone to talk to, I am hundred percent here. My door is hundred percent open. And I truly do believe that they were genuine, but there are some chiefs that aren't like that. There are some officers that aren't like that who, or if they're like, you don't need to talk to me because I am an officer. You can go talk to this chief or you yeah. can go talk to this first class. Well, sometimes you don't want to talk to that first class because sometimes that first class has no understanding of what you're doing, what you're talking about. And you feel more comfortable talking to the divisional officer, more t- comfortable talking to the chief. Because personally, I feel way more comfortable talking to officers and chiefs. I don't know why. It's always how it's been. Unless it's the CO, I have always felt, unless it's, unless it's work related to the CO or the XO or whatever, I have always felt more comfortable talking about like real shit with chiefs and officers. Just because, um, weirdly enough, just because I joined when I was 20, I'm older than a lot of the junior enlisted. And sometimes I feel like, um, I can't talk to them about that because I feel like I have to either help them or be on the same level with them. 
And I know that chiefs also have this like experience when it comes to military and like personal stuff because they're like in their forties or, mm -hmm. or like mid thirties or whatever. I know that they <clears throat> understand certain situations more than a junior enlisted person. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Uh, you know, I think, I think there's, first of all, I think there's a lot of things that leadership could do to make uh, junior enlisted lives better. The first one and the most big, the biggest, most important thing that you could do for your, for the people that you, you know, are supervising or leading is value their time. What I mean is, um, give them, give them their time off. Don't try to fucking hit them up on the weekends. Uh, yeah. Oh dude, I get messages. And when they're not time. doing something at work on a Friday, let them go. You know what I mean? If they're finished with all their work for the day at 345 and yeah. the normal work day ends at 430, well, just because, you know, fucking Airman Johnny over there isn't done doesn't mean you shouldn't let someone else go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I get the Airman Johnny, maybe not be a, as good of a worker, but it. I think having time off is the biggest incentive that you could potentially give Airman. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would take extra leave days over hard cash. You know what I mean? Really? Over easily. So if, and, and that also translates to not, you know, not getting leave days, but getting extra time off, I would take that time immediately over yeah. almost anything. Um, don't, don't fucking try to give people awards that they don't want. I get a lot of people want awards. Cool. But the majority of enlisted just want their time off. They want to be, they want you know, their leaders to their leaders and supervisors to value the time that they put in and say, okay, that was definitely good enough. Yeah. And you can, you can bounce now. But I also feel like there's some uh, military personnel and a lot of military personnel who want to do good things for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. So like uh, I was talking to my chief the other day about like creating that group. And he was like, don't create a group, join a group and fix it. Because there are groups, and, and I understand like COVID shut down a lot of these groups and they made it harder for them to be able to do like events and stuff like that. But um, when I was talking to this chief about making this group, I, I told him, I was like, I do not want to do this for an evaluation. I want, I don't care if I get any praise for doing this. I want to do this because there is a, uh, a blank spot in this area focusing on like junior sailors and support for each other that I want to do this because I leave in a year and I want something beneficial for the command to come out from my time here mm -hmm. and to keep going. And he was like, don't do that because what happens is you make this, you make this group, right? Well, normally when you have a group, you have like three lead people. Well, then those three lead people get to say, oh, this is my position um, on their evaluation, which helps them a lot. Well, the problem is when there's somebody who makes this group in order to actually better the command, what happens is when they leave, somebody who is only doing it in order to get a good eval yeah. joins in and then they just do the bare minimum yep. to get that praise essentially. 100%. And then it just goes to trash. <clears throat> 100%, I've seen that. So, all Not the necessarily time. the creation and then the, t but I've literally gone to meetings, especially earlier on in my career for these younger groups that are you know supposed to be benefiting the younger airmen and whatever, throwing events and all that. And I've heard the people that are currently leading them that are about to give up the position directly say, you guys should apply to try to lead this group. It's a good bullet. For anybody that's not military, a bullet is uh, 
literally like a line of what you did that yeah. they put on your evaluation to try to make you sound good. So if you led this group, you'd say like, led this group, had this impact, blah, 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 blah. Well, I've never once wanted to chase bullets. And so I, the second I heard that, I was like, wow, these groups are all bullshit. Yeah, because they're all, well, and I, I do think that like, because I have only a year left and I really am overqualified, yeah. I do think that I have that yeah. like kind of, not necessarily an edge, but at the same, but I, but like, how do I word it? Um, I My thing is like, for me, it's no longer about that. Yeah. For me, it's more of like, how do I make sure that these other people around me are not constantly depressed and they're yeah. actually have a, a support system. And these <clears throat> new sailors come in here and I can't tell you how many times, not here necessarily as much, sometimes here maybe, but in like a school, which is like training school for our jobs, we were told constantly because it's a constant thing where new sailors will come in and they're like, welcome to hell. Because yeah. they instantly like, yeah. are, then now they come in here and they have this instant concept of like, oh, this is about to be the worst possible yeah. Yeah. situation you can have. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, It can be an enjoyable thing. And I think a lot of times, and COVID did not help at all with that situation. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we have to like build it back up to this supportive um, not like a family, but like a group of people that are actually there for each other. Yeah. But so, so yeah. the leg, the kind of legacy that you want to leave behind is you want to create this, this group. Yeah. That's what you want. That's, I mean, that's what I want to do, dude. So, so I think mine actually is a, a little bit smaller. Mine's not as uh, well, groups directly are not impactful, but okay. the thing that I want to leave behind, I've been talking about it for a while and I need to just write the damn letter. Um, basically, I want to write a letter. So in Guam, for everybody that is not here, in Guam, if you take leave, when you fly back to the States, you're flying for almost a full 24 hours. So the thing that I want to do is write a congressman to give us those those leave days that we're taking during our travel as travel days if we're going back to the States because it is so far. If you're going, If you're going to Japan or to you know Bali or Australia and you just you're just going for your like your fun vacation cool but if you're going back to like see your family if, if I take leave I take you know let's say I take 14 days of leave well for 14 days of leave I worked for 6 months yeah. to get so 14 days of leave I worked 6 months and I burn a day coming a day going home and a day coming back so now my 14 days of leave just turned into 12 days just because of it takes me 24 hours a full 24 hours to get home to Indiana. Yeah. So I want to write a congressman to try to see if we can get hmm. those days as travel days. I will say good luck. It's not going to be an easy task. It's one of those things. Yeah. It's, but. it's, um, you know, and it's, it won't benefit me anymore. I'm, you know, I probably won't take another leave day before I get out, but, um, yeah. but I gotta hopefully some. it would, uh, it would help somebody else out. So, yeah. um, here's my next question. Let's hear it. What are your thoughts on people thanking you for your service? Mm. I feel like that's a super interesting topic for people who are in the military. And I feel like people don't really know. Cause I, I know people give a lot of weird responses. Cause like you're, when you're growing, when you're growing up, I don't know like how other households are, but like when I grew up, my family was like, if somebody says, thank you, thank them back. Or like, like working in retail yeah. and people are like, Oh, thank you. You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well, thanks for coming. Yeah. And so when people like thank me for like being in the military, uh, I have, I mean, I've been in three years, so I have like, thank you for thank you for your support has always been my mm. go to response. 
But at the same time, like I'm in Guam and in my head, I'm like, we don't do anything. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Thanks for your service. And I'm like, you're welcome because <laughs> it's awkward because and, I mean, we do stuff. Here, we don't really, but we don't like see what we do, yeah. but we don't really feel like we're, we're just on this beautiful Island kind of vacationing. That's what it almost feels like. But in reality, like our work still sucks. But anyway, what I do, I mean, I say pretty much the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, thanks for your support or like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I've always felt a little weird about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know how to, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's awkward on our side of things. Uh, unless we're actually, you know, soldiers or Marines that are actually yeah. going into combat scenarios. It's a little weird because I knew coming into the military, well, I was probably never going to get shot at. And so thanking me for my service almost feels like weird to me. Yeah. Well, okay. So my thing is for any civilians out there that, that thank people for their service and they get like a weird comment back, just understand that it's not that they're not grateful for you thanking them. They just, sometimes it's a weird concept of people like thanking you for something that to us, we don't see how what we're doing sometimes can affect you Yeah. just because it's been such a long time since we've been or it's been since so yeah and like being able to pe be coming to guam is such a weird thing to get thanked yeah. and like especially in guam like they don't thank you for your service just because there's so many of us all the time yeah uh i got thanks for my service one time in a gap in a in, at the dmv and i was like this person cannot live here there's no way that they thank every person in uniform for their service because they're just going to be all day, all day. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I'm like, you're, I mean, you're welcome. But uh, yeah, I think uh, th thanking me as a photographer <laughs> is almost like praising a sports journalist for his work in the professional sports world. It's well, weird. Okay. And I don't want to be the guy who's but, like, you're in the military, everything you do is great. But say we go to war, right? And you get deployed to go take photos. That could be the last photo that somebody sees of their kid. That's a good point. It could, and like... It's possible. And like, you could take a picture of something that, say, went wrong and caused somebody, not necessarily like directly caused somebody to die, but like could be like a safety hazard. And maybe the military caught it mm. and because of the photo you took. Or like maybe a branch in the... Or maybe like a unit gets more money because... They realize that they do a lot of work. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. So I like how how hard you had to think to come up with. Well, no, and like I do try to think about that like all the time, and I know that's like such a like a like a E seven thing to say is like oh you all of them, all of the work you do is like super important important, but like for me like I'm trying to think of a way that's not gonna uh, give out submarine information. But uh, I'm an electrician, right? I, I fix cables. Yeah. But at the same time, if I screw that cable up, 144 people on that yeah. submarine. Yeah, can yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. And that's why I like it or whatever number. <laughs> for your job, it's like for a lot of jobs, it is very obvious as to why that job is so important. For my job, it's always weird because whether or not I take a picture, nothing directly will happen. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like. And, and I've, I've heard this, I heard this from a leader at my first base and uh, I was really thankful for it because she valued my time and that's how she used it. But yeah. 
I, this statement has helped me kind of, you know, help other airmen that are, you know, stressed out about work. I'm always like, what happens if you don't post this photo today? The planes will still take off in the morning. Like go home, leave. You know what I mean? Like, and my, that leader would always say that to me at the end of the day when I'm like still there at, you know, 445 and I was supposed to leave at 430. She'd be like, leave. That's not even a big deal. 445. But I was real thankful for that. But still like. Um, it, for my job, it's a little harder to see how it's so important. I get it. I understand, you know, I've been in it long enough to know like the overall impact, but in the end, I'm still going to think of it as, well, well like, like the planes are still going to take off if I don't post this. Uh, before. someone you work with is on deployment right now Correct. and she is somewhere, uh, taking photos of something, something, <laughs> who fucking knows, but, um, say she takes pictures of like active duty pilots, right? Yeah. If she doesn't take that picture, people who are thinking about joining the military are not gonna have any idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of like what they're, they're not really gonna know exactly what they're dragging themselves into. But at the same time, like they might not join because they're like, I have no visual connection of what impact I am doing. Yeah. The recruitment aspect of it has always been big and I've always thought about that, but uh, it's still weird. You guys don't take pictures for like documentation? We do. See, that's like a huge thing. Yeah, but for the most part, it's... Uh, the right word is propaganda. However, that's not what the military would want me to say. <laughs> so I don't really know what to call it. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> um, we do important things here. Yep. <laughs> Oh, oh okay. God. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I do think that there's a million different ways you can think of positive, um, like reasonings for you being there. I will say mm-hmm. photography is probably a harder one. Um, <laughs> but like, and I, I will say too, like, even people who are already enlisted, like, like me, like if I, like my family members see like a picture of me, like I'll get an award or whatever. To me, it's not like that big of a deal. Like to me, I'm doing my job. If, if I get an award for doing my job, it's like a participation trophy, right? But to those family members, it's a huge, huge deal. And then they get that phone call and then you get that phone call like, oh, I saw you get an award, blah, 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 blah. And that award may not mean that much to you, but being able to have something to talk about with your family That's fair. is a huge deal. Yeah. A huge deal. Like some people like are really, really close with their family members and they miss the hell out of their family. Like yep. there's, I know That's there's big. a kid in my shop who's like, his family is his entire life. <clears throat> and when he gets that phone call, like that dude's entire week is just completely made, <clears throat> which makes people want to work harder. You know what people want, what makes people want to work harder? Getting time off of work. <laughs> little, uh, circle right there. I'm really good at tying things back. Yeah. All um, right. Go ahead. No, you go. Mm-hmm. You seem like you had something on your mind. Are we moving on to the next topic? Okay. Um, do you have anything? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. The Let's, military? You know what? Know. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Um, so we're going to hop into like guys life type of shit. Um, I kind of want to talk about like expectations about what guys are required to do. Mm. 
um, and and how that can like affect people, mm-hmm. right? Um, a, like a big thing for me at least is like staying that like grunty style, strong man. I don't talk to anybody about my feelings. I don't bring anything up. If if I have a problem, I do it myself kind like, of thing. Like the expectation that men are supposed to be the emotionally strong ones. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Completely. And uh, I kind of want to bring it up and it's like a weird topic for me, especially like right now. Oh, I get you. Um, I understand. I... Kind of debating if I actually want to talk about this, but I'm going to do it because I feel like there are people who might actually need this. Um, I talked to my chief the other day about getting help. And for me, that is a huge, huge difficult thing to do because my dad is the type of person who's like genuinely, and he's not just joking, like, if you're crying, I will give you a reason to cry. And I feel like a lot of guys go through like emotional struggles personally because they feel like they cannot talk to anybody or they can't ask for help. And I literally kind of got to my breaking point this week where I was like, yo, I cannot do this. And it really was like the small thing that tipped it off. Um, But little small things and anything, I genuinely think that you should be able to have a conversation about. I don't think it's easy for men to have those conversations i don't think it's yeah for sure a problem either like i don't understand why it's like yeah it's made out like like men have to be mental mentally tough all the time and yeah and uh you know i think the culture is changing a little bit on that well and that's that's why like when we were talking about the military thing is like when i was talking about it's easier for me to talk to chiefs because um i'm one of the older older i say like th- four three years yeah. older in my shop and there's a couple people i wish didn't but actually like kind of look up to me and i don't want i had a hard time thinking about the fact of like i don't want them to see me struggle because if i'm going to be a leader i have to be that person who isn't struggling and has their shit together yeah. and I really did think about it before asking for help because I don't know why that was such a huge thing for me. But at the same time, I feel like it's important that people that look up to you know that sometimes you just genuinely need help mm-hmm. and you can't always do things on your own. Yeah. Um, 100%. I think, I think even, a, yeah, I think that's the biggest, the most important thing is realizing when you need the help and being able to speak up about it yeah another big important thing is recognizing when somebody's asking for the help even if they're not directly saying i need help a lot of people they're not used to asking for help yeah we're men we don't do that and you know they might just bring up a topic saying like and they try to make it they try to downplay it yeah try to make it sound like it's not that big of a deal you know like it's not that big of a deal that this hasn't been working out for me um but like, if you see that something somebody's like mentally struggling with something, uh, I feel like it's really important for people to like recognize that and take it seriously. Like, yeah, okay, this guy's struggling with this. Like, this is you know, this is something that's on his mind, and that's why he's bringing it up to me. Uh, so, like, what can I do to help him? You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, a lot of people don't do that because they expect that men are tough, and then you know we're gonna fight our own battles and figure out our own struggle and all that. But I said it last week, 
I'll say it again. The suicide rate is 75% male. And I think that's why is men don't think that they can talk about their real problems and their real situations. Yeah, for sure. But for sure, it's a, it's a struggle. I, I think it's a, it's a huge problem that, that people need to talk to or people need to talk about and people need to have a conversation and like, it's not easy, especially like growing up the way I did to be able to be like, yo, I actually cannot do this on my own. And I do think it has damaged a lot of my relationships in the past. Um, because especially when you're close with somebody like that, they see it. There's no hiding that. You live with this person or like you're really close friends with them. They see those issues. And I will say like the military concept too is a lot of people get scared that if they say something, they're going to get kicked out. Yeah, for sure. Well, and in my head, like the military is all I have. Military, my dog, and at the time, my relationship was all I had. And then they feel like they're stuck here with this burden of having to essentially fix you, but they can't, like, they don't know what to do. And they they can't go and say anything because you're scared that you're going to get in trouble or which is such terrible that you have such a hard problem and you're, you're dealing with such a drastic, um, emotional like status in your life. And you feel like you can't say anything because you might get in trouble, but, um, you can, I think, yeah. I mean, obviously that's a big problem in the military, but for men specifically, um, I think just going into something thinking like, well, this person, might not care, might not help, might not know what to do. And so a lot of times we're not going to bring it up. I, I mean, I've had times where I've brought up something that was on my mind and I didn't bring it up in a way of like, well, I, like I need to talk about this and you know, somebody brushed it off and that's not, yeah. that didn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like when you finally do bring something up, if somebody brushes it off, <clears throat> well, I also makes feel like it not that guys, guys don't know how to deal with it either. Just because they feel like it's not a conversation <clears throat> that you should have. So, like, you can say something and they're like, oh, well, uh," and then they make a joke out of it. And it's not like they're trying to be mean. It's just yeah, men have been taught for years and years that if you're having a hard time, you can be comical about it. Yeah. And, like, I understand that it's coping mechanism. mechanism. Like, I am that way. If I have a hard time and you've you've known me for, what, like a month and a half now? Two months. Two months. And you've seen that I've had like little issues, mm-hmm. but I don't think most people see that I've gotten to the point where like, I need to go talk to somebody yeah. because I'm always jumping around and I'm always trying to be as happy as possible. Yeah. And it's difficult putting that front on. And if anything, I feel like it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And people don't have those conversations. And yeah. I feel like it's a necessity. And I feel like, I will say girls, I feel like are the same, not necessarily exactly the same way, but I feel like a lot of girls are also taught that they have to be, when it comes to men, they can't talk to their man about it or they can't talk to their significant other or guy friends about problems because the guy is going to be like, oh, well, I don't know how to do with that. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be, you know, brought up more and dealt with. Yeah. Even, even like, like if somebody, like my thing is, if somebody brings up something to me, and it seems like they're struggling with it, I'm always gonna say like, are you okay? 
Like, are you, you know, how is this actually affecting you? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to be, I might joke about it for a second, but then I'm going to actually dive right into it. Like, yeah. Like, are you good? Like, you know. I think I'm more the type of person who's like, I can see that somebody's having an issue. So I'll be like, yo, you want to like, because I know that guys have a hard time talking about it. So I'll be like, yo, you want to like go for a hike or you want to go to the bar? You wanna, yeah. Like yeah. just go chill out or whatever. And if you bring it up to me, I'm fully down to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure. going to like jump into it because I know a lot of guys are like super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are. Yeah, some and sometimes you really do just need yeah. something to go do. Yeah. Like sometimes you need someone to be like, yo. Let's go hiking. And I'll do it with people that I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, And be like, yo, you want to, like, go do this or do that or play freaking pool or... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's an interesting uh, issue that we have. Yeah, it is but, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. How do you feel about... Uh, so other, other expectations for men, right? How do you feel about... Um, specifically in a relationship typically the expectation that men are supposed to be the breadwinners i feel like it's kind of changing for the most part it is. but what, what is interesting to me is i feel like the woman's side is changing but the men's is not yeah um yeah it's super weird to me because i feel like you're supposed to be like look men or women can get jobs i 100 percent agree with that yep um, women can get jobs. Um, women can um, use debit cards and go to the stores and everything. And uh, women can basically essentially do whatever they want. If they want to be a part of financing, they can do it. If they want to go to the store and spend money, they can do it. I feel like guys is a little, it's not progressing as fast as women is. Yeah. I feel like men are still thought, oh, I understand she has a job, but I have to pay for the bills, but I still have to pay for the bills. Yeah. Or if I go on a date, I still have to pay for the yep. date. Or if we're going to go do something, we're going to drive my car. We're going to use my gas. Like, Oh, I can, uh, you know, it's my job to pay the house payment, but she can go to target, you know? Like yeah. That type of thing. Um, like, like she can go out with her friends, but when I go out with friends, spending money could be potentially an issue. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's so weird to me on how fast women's equality is drastically increasing, but responsibilities is not changing at all over like over the board for women and men, men, unless it has to do with like kids or stuff. Like, like if I, if I married someone and they were like, look, I want to get a job and I can't find a job and we have a kid, I'm totally fine with taking care yeah, of Yeah, I agree. I'm totally fine with doing that. And some people think that's super weird. I don't have a problem with it. But at the same time, I genuinely think that taking care of kids is a fucking huge job. It is. Because it's not easy. But at the same time, like, if you don't have kids and you're not working male or female, if you're in a relationship, I think that your job is taking care of the house. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that the person who is working can't be like, Hey, I want to show you I love you. I'm going to do the dishes or whatever. And I will say I had a problem with that. Um, I had a huge problem with that because I got home from work and I was exhausted. And I don't think that I did that as much as I should have. But it's not 
And I think that being young too, I don't think it's really a topic that people talk about. Yeah. I don't think that because you're taught like, oh, you're the man, you are the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah for if sure. If they want to work, for they sure. want to work. But if they don't work, it's their job yeah. to take care of the house. And they don't say, hey, you can do these things to be like, hey, I love you. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I totally like in a relationship, I would, if there was no, if I didn't have kids, right? I would kind of feel weird if the other person didn't have a job. It's not that they have to, you know what I mean? Like I would, if, if they were struggling, they couldn't find a job, no big deal. Like, you know, I'll, I'll provide until the yeah. job is found. But if they were just like, yeah, I'm going to stay home and be a trophy wife type of thing. Chances are I would never be with somebody like that to begin with. Yeah. If I was, I'd start to be like, okay, like just so you know, you're not going to be going out spending a bunch of extra money on all this extra shit because right now this is our money. Now say I'm in a relationship where we both make our own money or we both make money, right? We both make a decent amount of money. Let's say we make different amounts of money. I would say a percentage of each check is going to go towards the house, the bills, the house, the car, the, you know, all the utilities and Wi-Fi and all that shit, all the, all the things that are obligations. Um, each one of us is probably going to like, that's my hope is we're going to each pay our fair share and then the rest of the, and, and put, and each we're going to put a decent amount into savings. And then the rest of it is going to be our own money. That's my thought is I want my own money. And if she wants her own money, cool. She doesn't have to spend my money. So I'm never going to spend her money because I'm a man. And that's how men are like, that's another thing. Women can spend their man's money. What's mine is what's my women's like thought is what's mine is mine. And what's that's the joke. What's What's mine is mine. And what's yours. What? Yeah. What's mine is mine. And what's yours is mine. No. What's, Yours is yours and what's mine is mine and what's ours is ours. So I have a different concept on that. So personally, I genuinely believe if you're in a marriage, everything is ours. You're going to put all the money into one big pool? Yeah. And and like set limits. Like, oh, you can spend $300 a paycheck. I can spend $300 a paycheck. Um, So what if, but what if your significant other breaks that? Let's say you're not breaking it. Let's say for three months straight, you're not breaking. You're only spending $250 a paycheck. But for three months straight, they're spending $350 a paycheck. I will say if you have a conversation about it and that is your concept of like, look, I'm not spending this much money. We have $600 that we can just do with whatever. If you want to take that extra $50, that's fine. But understand if I get to the point where I'm starting to spend $300. Yeah then we got to like reevaluate what we're going to do. Um, I will say Guam, it's very hard for military spouses to get jobs here or especially like first command military spouses. So like with my previous relationship, she did not work. Um, and I did, and I came home and I was exhausted. So I didn't try to make things worse when it came to like cleaning and stuff, but in my head, I was like, look, my job is yeah, the military. Your job is the house. Yeah. But, yeah. And, I, and I'll admit, like, we were both really young and we were new into the whole relationship concept. So it was all fresh territory because it wasn't something that we had a conversation with. It wasn't something that 
people talk about as much when they talk about having a relationship. They normally just talk to you about like coexisting and about yeah. how you have to deal with things that you pick your own battles kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I would spend money on things and get in trouble for it. Yeah. And I'm that, like, and that's exactly why yeah. I've come up with the system in my head of what I would like. Yeah. Is because of that exact thing. I want, okay, cool. We can each pay the bills. We each have our own money. The only money that comes out of our account and goes into the joint account or whatever is the money that goes towards the bills. Yeah. And the savings. The savings because we're each going to put our money into sa- like, you know what I mean? And and then let's say each person has their own money and they don't want to spend that much per paycheck. Yeah. They want to save to buy let's say a new motorcycle, which I'll probably fucking be doing. <laughs> like I like I don't want to spend all my money on this and sure she wants to go to Target, great. I'm going to save my money and buy a motorcycle. <coughs> well, that was my money. I'm not going to yeah. be I'm not going to be scolded for it, you know what I mean? Like that was the money that I saved. It wasn't like I just fucking threw out all of our and that's the thing for me. Well, that's then why it, I'm then, and then I think that mitigates that problem is it doesn't become a well, we have a joint account and I decided to buy a new motorcycle and so now she needs a new something too to compensate. It's a, we each had our own money and we each chose how to spend it, how we yeah. want to spend it. So I think I had a problem with the, my concept. Um, I very much tried to always say our, our, yeah. our, and I'm really not trying to bash her, but she was big on like my family. Um, oh yeah. My stuff, my blah, 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 my blah, 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 which is fine in some relationships, but I was very adamant about like, I want this to be our home, our car, our money. And that's why I set up the whole concept of like, this is how much money we can spend this time. And if we go over that, we're going to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And the next time when the next month comes around, you have that much money less than you had already spent. Yeah. And I genuinely believe that if you were going to buy something like a motorcycle or a grill or yeah, for sure. Typical $300 in makeup or whatever you want yeah, yeah. that you should have a sit down conversation of like, look, this is what I want to do. This is how we're going to fit it into the budget. Yeah. And that was a big thing for me. I, I always wanted to do that. And, and you know, that's the thing. I'm never going to just be like, well, yeah, I'm going to buy a motorcycle no. and then just It's going to be it. one of those things. Like, I'm going to be talking about it and all that. Like, hey, this is what I'm going to be spending my money on. Yeah. Um, but in the end, like, I'm not going to try to claim her makeup. I'm not going to try to claim her clothes that she spent. Yeah. I'm not going to say those are our clothes. You know what I mean? That's my Xbox. You know what I mean? Like, I bought the Xbox. I'm the only one using it. If you want to use it for to pull up Netflix and shit like that, great. But in the end, like, she's not going to use the Xbox, so I'm not going to call it our Xbox. Like, I'm going to be like, I, I saved and I bought it and I use it and you can use it too. I don't care. Yeah. But, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's it's in the end, it becomes the house's thing. Yeah. But I'm the one that bought it and, like, I'm the one that spent the money on it and I chose to spend my money on it. Yeah. I guess I tried but making everything ours just because, because like – Everyone in my family has gotten divorced. Yeah. So for me saying mine and mine 
kind of puts the premise. Makes me feel like you're prepping. Yeah, and that's not my. That's not my. Which is kind of ironic. That's not my goal with it because I don't. Yeah, I don't believe in divorce. I just think like it makes it a lot easier in a relationship to have that like okay we put our money towards this and then each one of us can spend our money on what we want um, as long as we're not you know we don't have a fucking gambling problem or something. I also feel like it depends like I feel like certain people can manage things some ways some people can manage things other ways um, it's also the reason why I'm not super into the hyphening concept of last names um, because to me not hyphening your last name or hyphening your last name to me is like i'm not fully committing and if the dude wants to take the wife's last name and you have a conversation about it go for it i did that in my previous relationship probably gonna change it to something else but it was me saying progressive man it was it wasn't i'm not super close with my family yeah um and her family um they have both girls um, her dad was very, very happy that I was willing to do this. And it wasn't, in my opinion, I don't think that you should get in a relationship if you're not willing to go the distance. Oh, for sure. So 100%. like, I genuinely think if a man is in a relationship, I don't, okay. I don't think that a woman should be like, I'm not going to marry you unless you take my last name. Cause I'll tell you right now, if a girl said that to me, I would not marry her. Because in my opinion, that's like her saying, your last name is not worth it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like a guy should be like, look, if it really came down to it, I'll take your last name. I wouldn't change my last name. But if a girl also wouldn't change her last name, I wouldn't blame her. You know what I mean? Like it's a last name. You've grown up with your whole life. Like it's your family. I get it. I understand. Uh, In the end, we're still going to be married and we're still going to, you know, call each other's family, family and all that stuff. Um, However, she could keep her last name. So what about when you have kids? But my first son... Will be named Heel. But you're fine with your daughter? This is why. 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 I got to explain this. I, my last name is Heel. Good Lord. I will be naming my first son Achilles. You're such an idiot. Achilles Heel, okay? It doesn't work if your last name is Johnson. So are you fine with your other kids having different last names? I, you know, and it's a conversation that we'll have when, when I cross that bridge. Okay. I don't really know. Um, But, but I think the the ones... It'd be really weird if they all had different last names. That's so, like, I can't. (laughs) But if the first son is named Achilles Heel, like. And to me, it's not even about the act of doing it. Like, if you don't want to change your last name, I'll take your last name. If I don't want to change my last name, you can take my last name. It's the willingness to be able to do it. Yeah, I I feel that. It is my thing. I get that. I also don't want to have kids with different last names than me. Here's, now here's something. What about your willingness to... (laughs) Pick up and put down the toilet lid. <laughs> I think I have, dude, I have an idea for this, bro. I think in a relationship, if you were the girl, you put the seat up when you're done. And when, if you're a dude, you put the seat down. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting that I'm the exact opposite and it's, in the sense that I think the girl should put the seat down when she wants to. And when I want to, or when I have to, I'm going to put the seat up. I guess she has to sit down. So she should put the seat down to sit down. Yeah. And when I, you know, I'm going to put the seat up to make sure that I don't pee all over the fucking You're not going to sit down and pee? Um, <laughs> occasionally. But, but that's my thing. Like, 
I think it's funny that men are expected to put it's just like the a seat down bold. and pick the seat up every single time. Dude, get a urinal in the bathroom. <laughs> at your personal like home. Uh, no, I just think it's super interesting that like, and I know it's like a small little weird thing, but that's such a huge, like, it's another thing that stuck for so long and nobody even like thinks about <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. exactly. That it's like there, like, and I, I completely understand the concept of like, oh, if you're going to sit down, put the seat up or put the seat down. If you're going to stand, put the seat up. But like, for me, it's like a, like a relationship care thing. Like, I know that you have to sit down. So I'm going to put the seat down yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. You know that I might have to stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to put it up for yeah. me. Yeah. I, it's, I actually like tried to put this into action no, years ago. How that Not go? when I was in a relationship, but like when I was going home to see family and all that shit. And you're just like, I'm going to leave it up all the time. <laughs> and they're like, put the seat down. I was like, well, I had to lift it up to pee. And my grandma oh, <laughs> no. people, was so, she was so pissed about it. And she's like, <laughs> she's more on the feminism side. Oh. Nothing wrong with that. But she was like, so you're gonna make the woman like stay home and take care of the kids and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I was like, no, grandma, like I'm not gonna fucking do that at all. I don't care if she wants to have a job, great. We'll fucking put the kids in daycare. If she wants to stay home with the kids, cool. The thing is, I think it should be 50-50, just like everything else in the relationship. I don't see why I have to do it every single time, up and down, when a woman can't do one of the two. Yeah. It's a very simple, it's a very, very simple and trivial action that for some reason like doesn't it doesn't mean that much but it's just enough it's just a small thing yeah. like, why is this still a thing yeah okay i have one more thing and i know we don't have a lot of time but i'm like really interested to know what you're thinking what is your view on like opening doors for women i'm gonna open the door yeah so have you ever dated a person who's like i could do it myself yeah dude i don't know i've been on like dates or like previous relationships where they're like I can open the door on my own. I'm like, yeah, I know you can open the door on your own. You have hands, you're an independent woman. But at the same time, it's not the fact that you can't do it. It's you the know fact what? that you don't have to. Yeah, I, it's not like I'm gonna run ahead of my girl to like make sure that the door is open. I'm yeah, not, if you're, I'm not a fucking servant. I'm not gonna get out of the, yeah. I'm not gonna be like, wait. Yeah, and no. then run around the edge of the, like around the whole car to open their door. If I get out of the car, I'll start making my way around. If she's still sitting in the car, which is a very common thing for girls oh, to like yeah. get on their phone and like still. I don't expect out, that. I will open the door for them. I I have pretty much ninety eight percent of the time a woman has not tried to do that. Like try to sit in the car and wait for me to open the door. They just mm. when I get out, they're like, "Cool, we're here," and they go to get out too because they're fucking hungry and they're yeah. It's not like they're intentionally but, just staying in there for yeah. the door. It's just like, oh, they got on their phone or they're now like, coming back to the car. Coming back to the car, I might, I'll, you know, like I'll probably go and open. The I've door had people get mad at me for opening the door for them, females. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, well, I could do this on my own. I'm an independent woman. Well, like, cool. Like, That's cool. I get that, but you don't. It's not me saying that you can't do it. I wouldn't get offended about it. I'd just be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you want to open the door for yourself? Yeah. That's less work for me. Do you want to put the toilet? Well, no. Do you want to put the toilet seat down afterward? After I'm not offended. <laughs> the only part that bugs me is like, if I open the door for you, I don't understand the concept of getting mad at me for it. Now, those women that get mad at you for opening the door, do you think- They get mad at you for the toilet that, seat? <laughs> do you think that they would be like, Yes. Don't put the toilet yes. seat down. They do. Because don't put the toilet seat down because I can do it myself. Actually, and if I, you're I a woman that gets mad about men not opening the door or opening the door because you want to be a strong, independent woman, you better 
be willing to put down your own toilet seat. I've never tried it. I was raised by my mom, so I've like out of instinct always put the toilet seat down. I've never done that, and I feel like now I want to. What? I'm gonna start leaving it up. What are the toilet seats typically in my house? When you when go to over, when you're over here, what are they? They're typically up, right? Are they really? I don't even pay attention. Yeah, but when people come over, I'll put them down. So like, okay, so in like bars and stuff, when you go to the bathroom in like a bar or like at a restaurant, and it's a men's only bathroom, do you put the toilet seat down? No, fuck no. Really? I don't put that on the toilet seat in my Dude, own house. Dude, I do. Just because there's urinals. If you're using the toilet, you're probably sitting down. Well, okay, let's say it's like Porky's where it's a, just, a, just toilet. a toilet. Like the toilet seat is always up. Out of instinct. I don't and know if why. it is up, if it's down, it down, I'm going to feel weird about it. I put it down. Oh, no. No, it's like, just like an instinct now that I just do it. Mine is up and I will, I will consciously think about it when people, like let's say I'm having a, a game night or something. People are coming over and I know there's girls. I'll like go through and I'll just put down the toilet seats real quick just to make sure. Um, but also still, I think it should be a 50, 50 thing. Anyway. Unless that's what you want to do. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, but, um, I want to go to the bar. Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> so uh, all right, this was, this is a wrap on episode five of branched out. Thank you guys for listening. Please again, um, message us, you know, hit us up on Instagram, whatever. Uh, or Facebook about your questions that you might have, uh, something you want us to bring up, something you want us to talk about more. We are more than happy to bring it up in the next episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. All right. So uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good night. (laughs)